Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to the 300th episode of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. Uh, Treg Wilson cannot be with us because he was actually at the game with his wife. So they went to the Corel Center <laughs> out in Canada and uh, watched tonight's game against the Senators. So... That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to, we're doing the post game show now. It is uh, nearly eleven o'clock here on the Atlantic Coast, um, and we'll get into talking about the Ottawa Senators game. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Anaheim game coming up tomorrow, and maybe some other odds and ends. But uh, let's just jump right in to this Senators game. The Canadians <clears throat> fell behind, made a game of it. But in the end, came up short, losing 3-2. Now, Matt, give us some thoughts of what you saw. Well, it was definitely not a uh, performance uh, that I'd be proud of if I was an, an NHL official. But if, uh, you know, Gary Bettman says that they're the best in the world, right? So... Um, also said that everybody likes the digital ads on the boards. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I just shook my head when I read that today on spent chicklets. Um, but yeah, um, honestly, and we, we talked about this a little bit off air, this would have been a whole different game and it would have been a much more exciting game. And I kind of feel bad for Treg for the game that he saw this being his first NHL game that it had to be dictated by officiating in the second period. And you know what? The Slavkovsky penalty, you can call that a penalty. That's the second time this season they've taken one of those closing your hand on the puck penalties that I've noticed, at least. Uh, the other being, I believe, to Suzuki. But uh, the, like the call on Doc, it was a stick-on-stick stick play. And then you get a, you know, um, a board battle. The puck's right there. Doc goes in on a, on a big guy like Tuchuk and, and, you know, lands a clean hit. And I, I, I'd be, I'd be upset if I was Doc too. If I, if I finished my check and, and, and the officials were really letting different aspects of the game go, but they were cracking down on some, some calls that really didn't need to be made. And the fact that the double minor was called 
it, it just it just was like a parade to the penalty box to the, for the Canadians. It really just brought all the momentum. Like it, they had no momentum in the second period. They couldn't they couldn't find any momentum. Um, I'm not going to say that they were scared to be physical or scared to engage, but it's it really seemed that way because everything was getting galled. And it's kind of hard to defend in your own zone without being able to use your stick or your body. Well, the Canadians have been uh, kind of formulaic throughout the season so far in that they come out strong in the first. They usually can't really finish for some, for whatever reason they, they get some good chances, but just can't bury. Then in the second period, they completely crap the bed. And in the third, they come back and make a game of it. So that's pretty much been the MO all season long. And that's exactly what we saw. Yeah. That's exactly what we saw tonight. Um, And and you're right. They they lost all momentum in the second because you can call it undisciplined play. You can call it uh, poor game management. I could say a little bit of both. Like, I I can say a little bit of both on that and say that Slavkovsky should know better. Right, he should know better. Um, but at the same time, I said you look at those calls that were on Doc. I don't think either either of those were a penalty. And the fact that um, the refs got their feelings hurt after he slammed the he slammed the uh, the door and everything, gave him the extra two minutes. It, I just think it was unwarranted. I think they just had their feelings hurt, and you know, seven so seven power plays. I think that Ottawa got in the game or something. It was. It's ridiculous, right? And that was the difference in the game, was special teams. Um, The Canadians basically carried the play at five-on-five. They they had a positive uh, possession stats, over 50% Corsi, Fenwick. uh, They had uh, an edge in uh, scoring chances for all at five-on-five. So the Canadians, had they kept it at five-on-five throughout the second period, this would be a different game. But... Special teams failed them. Uh, they could not score uh, on a power play in the third. And their their penalty killing, I mean, they did have some good kills, but they gave up two pretty quick goals there. And that, that kind of put them behind the eight ball. Yeah. And when the chances came, you know, the post found the puck instead. Uh, with Harris, yeah. with Harris in the first period. And then um uh, poor Armia, like the guy can't buy a goal. It's the same thing as Evans, who, you know, I'll give a shout out to him. I think he played a pretty decent game, uh, especially with that pass um, to Doc for the first goal. But like, Armia cannot buy a goal. And and we're noticing like the guy's hitting posts, the guy's getting robbed, et cetera, right? And like, it'll come eventually, but I, I can see why there's certain fans out there that want to see this guy sit, but as of right now, like he's still a very good penalty killer. He's still a very good guy, a very good guy to have on the boards. It's just, he's, he's got no finish. He is for what he's being paid. (laughs) Yeah. He needs to score some goals. He needs to score some goals. He's being paid 3.4 million. Uh, Being a penalty killer is great, but he's a fourth liner with no offense at 3.4 million. Right. That's unacceptable. And having Drouet play center for him tonight, we saw a little bit more of an offensive jump in his game overall. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks to Drew Way and yeah. some very, very slick passing. Right. But you're right. He he seems snake bitten for whatever reason. There's some kind of a curse. Maybe they got to get Serrano to get some chicken, <laughs> sacrifice a chicken on, uh, you yeah. know, rub it on his hockey stick, <laughs> something, anything. Yeah. Speaking of Jura, though, like um, for a guy that came back from, you know, he's, he hasn't played for weeks, comes back, has a pretty solid game, uh, gets a gets a uh, a decent scoring chance that draws a penalty. Again, they weren't able to uh, to capitalize on it. Overall, he played a pretty structured game. I thought he made some solid passes. Um, he had some good looks. He had a couple shots on net. Still can't win faceoffs to save his life. He only took he only, he only took a handful. But he yeah. still can't still can't win a faceoff. But you know, unfortunately, what what the uh, what the thing that fans are going to remember from this game is really the final fifteen seconds or so with him not being able to accept a pass at the blue line. Um, and, th- and that's which what I think are- is unfair. It is, it is, and like that's why I bring it up. It it is unfair. You look at his game as a whole. At a whole, I I thought that he played a pretty good game for being out for quite a while, especially in a fourth line role. Uh, with uh with Armia, who uh, again snake bitten can't do a damn thing, and uh, and Pizzetta. So for for him I mean, to yeah. for, for for him to bobble the puck, he's not the reason they lost the game. Can we say that maybe they could have got another scoring chance? Could there have been a uh, a jam play at the net or something if he would have been able to throw it on net? Who who knows? We don't. And for anyone to say that he cost them the game is, you know, didn't 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 watch the same game as I did. No, and thirty seconds before that play at the blue line where it, it got past him, he did make a pass across through a crowd that generated a scoring opportunity. That just didn't get it it didn't materialize, right. but he did generate something right before that. So I mean, he only played uh 1239. Yep. So fourth line role, fourth line center. He he created some op- offensive opportunities throughout the game several times. Um, uh, you can say that maybe had he been playing with someone other than Armia, <laughs> that yeah. One of the one or two of those might have been translated into a goal, and defensively he wasn't that bad. Like he he played a, a solid game. Like you said, he'd been out for what was it three weeks? Right, he hadn't played in about three weeks. First game back, uh, and, and you're going up against division rival. Ottawa's always pumped to play the Canadians, uh, especially when they're on the road playing against the Habs in the Corral Center. Because <laughs> that was definitely. Can. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely a Habs centric. It was crowd. It was you can tell as always. Yeah, because it's Ottawa. Um, <laughs> but overall, I <clears throat> despite the fact that they completely lost control of the game in the second because of the calls, because of the undisciplined play, <clears throat> and their special teams kind of not quite being up to snuff. Despite that, we did see some really good things. The, uh, in the third, Slavkovsky generated a, a really nice play, getting that secondary assist, getting it uh, on that first goal from Doc. Um, Suzuki's no-look saucer pass to Dvorak in the in that bumper position. Now that was on a de- that was on a delayed penalty, and that goal, I know, is not going to get signed off as a power play goal 
even though they were six on five. But that's something that they can take that and maybe build some uh, confidence towards right. the power play yeah. because that that's a power play type of play because he was one timer in the bumper. It's a position that they put Dvorak in from time to time. Yeah. And, and of course, Suzuki just absolutely pulling off a, a slick, beautiful play like that just to generate that goal. And you know what? Another thing I'll say about taking away from the game, seeing that they were shorthanded so much, they were able to watch from the bench quite a bit um, what Ottawa was doing on the power play. And they were getting a lot of passes right in front of Montembeau. And, you know, take take it, you know, take these notes. It worked for them. They got some bodies in front of the net. We saw later on, like when like to Chuck scored that goal. And then later on, we saw Slavkovsky go in front of the net, which we don't usually see. They did the same thing. Let's throw our big guy in front of the net. Well, that's Slavkovsky in front of the net. He started that, uh, that power play in the third on the, uh, the main unit. Yeah. And he was the net front presence and he almost tipped in a goal. Yeah. It was a nice pass. He, he made a good tip, just missed. Yeah. But we saw Kachuk in front of the net all night long and the canadians power play is missing monahan monahan played that role and when he was in there the power play looked a little bit more dangerous right the canadians are also missing savard and matheson who could have done a you know kind of could have especially especially savard especially savard when it comes to the penalty kill and uh yeah you know sacrificing his body when 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 needed type thing right like I, this isn't a knock on Edmondson and Gooley. Um, you know, both of them played uh, one played 23, almost 24. And uh, Gooley played five seconds shy at 22 minutes tonight. So good on them. They were both plus two. But yeah. uh, when, when, it, when it comes down to it, you're, you're missing two of your top four. Uh, you're still missing Monahan. You're still missing Gallagher. And, and, you know, Ottawa was missing some players as well. However, it, it should have been it sh- like I just I, I felt like it should have been a better performance overall, uh, especially in the in the opening minutes. I was happy that Caulfield came out flying after uh, leaving the Calgary game and you know, three shots in the opening, you know, 10 minutes or so. Unfortunately yeah, for yeah. us, he only had one more shot after that. He still looked dangerous at times, but um, I found the I found the top line was kind of mediocre tonight. Yeah, they they seemed quiet. Um, yeah. didn't, normally, didn't they're really a very high-danger type of line, yeah. but we didn't see that. No. It was kind of like a score or shoot here, shoot here. He did, like, no, yeah. one, no one really stood out tonight to me other than, other than Doc. And Doc, yeah. Doc played with some intensity tonight. He threw, he, he threw that hit. Yes, it was a penalty. Uh, he was fired up, cost him another penalty. Um, but he scored the goal and you saw right, you saw the intensity in, in, in his face. And he was the guy that really stood out for me for the game. And uh, I can say the same thing even about Drouet. Like, again, people are going to look at the last 10, 15 seconds of the game. They're going to blame it on him. But if he can take this game, go into Anaheim tomorrow or go into the game, against Anaheim tomorrow and play with that sort of skill set, 
it could be a nice bounce back game for them with likely Jake Allen back in net. Yeah, I would expect Jake Allen in net um, for the game tomorrow against Anaheim. But for tonight, uh, in watching Sam Montembeau play, uh, he he had a pretty good bounce back game for himself. Uh, after that game, uh, his last game that he played, where he looked absolutely horrible, this one, he looked solid. And that's especially considering the fact that he didn't see a shot until about the 12th minute of the first period. Right. right. The first one he probably would want back. He didn't have yeah. a chance. Didn't really have a chance on the second and third, but the first one, definitely a savable park. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, the first, per- he's exceeded expectations this season. True. But in these last few starts, he's starting to come back kind of to norm. He's still he's still making yeah. more saves than what he did last season, and he's still, and you know it's a it's a different def- defensive structure, it's a different mentality, et cetera. Um, however, in his last couple of games, he hasn't been that that game saver that they had in the in the first few games of the season. However, well, I mean, he's his, still his... exceeding he's still exceeding expectations for a backup. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first eight games of the season. He was putting up numbers for an all-star starter. Right. It was well beyond yeah. anything that could, anyone could possibly expect from him long-term. And, and what we saw tonight was the play of a good backup goaltender. He did yeah. he did enough to keep the Canadians in the game. He gave them a chance. He, made, he gave them a chance. He gave them a chance. And right. that's what you want from your backup. Right. And if it and if it hadn't been for getting peppered with so many power play shots. You, you never yeah. know. You never know what the outcome could have been. That was definitely the big difference is that power play. Um, and, and Doc's play is showing a progression. I like where his game is going. I know there's some discussion on whether or not he'll play center or wing or whatever, but I don't care the way I he like, is playing. I like him at the wing. And 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 it's Whether it's unfortunate that it's it's unfortunate Monahan had to go down when he did. Um, I feel that when Monahan comes back, he's right back into that spot, and you're likely going to put. They're going to probably try that um, Anderson Slaff or maybe Anderson Gallagher or maybe Anderson Drouin. Who knows, right? But mm-hmm. it it was working. But overall, I like Doc's game. I, I do. For too. me, it's not whether he's at center or on the wing, that intensity that he showed tonight, uh, that, that he, he was in the game. He was, he was completely, uh, he bought in and, and that's what I like seeing. And I saw, I saw a, a progression for Slavkovsky as well. There was that one play. I can't remember if it was the first or second period, but Austin Watson had him lined up. Yeah, he, he was he, ready to murder. Yeah, him. he finally put his head up. Yep. Right. Yeah, like he's he, starting to play it, with his head up, and he and he has to do that. Like he's he's used to being the big boy on the ice. I guess he played against men in Slovakia, but he was still used to being the big boy in a league that yeah. doesn't that's not as physical, obviously, as the NHL. And on a larger ice surface too. On a larger ice surface where he's got a lot more time to be creative, and. Um, I'm happy that he didn't get hit. Let's just say that. Yeah. 
the sidestepping the hit that that was a big deal uh, because that is an aspect of the game that he didn't have last week like we're right. we're seeing him layer uh new uh skill sets on top of his older ones and integrating them all i mean that time he spent with uh adam nicholas learning to do the 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 return the cutbacks with his head up sure. we've seen it pay off in the last couple of games with him generating two two goals i mean that goal that he set up for anderson in the game prior to this was an absolute beauty i mean treg mentioned it uh between periods to us on our our little uh private chat that we have that his passes every single one were tape to tape yeah and we're seeing progression in this game um we, we saw some some times that he's been struggling or not having his head up and being hit or or that kind of stuff we've seen it a little bit too much so far this season However, his, his, his game as a whole is starting to develop. He's, he's starting to put up the points. He's up to 10 points, I believe, now. Something, Some, like, that. something like that, right? And, and, I, and I like to see the progression in his game, and, and it's going to build his confidence and putting him out there on the first power play unit. And he's not, you know, he's not afraid to shoot the puck or he's not afraid to really make a mistake right he's still forcing the puck a little bit too much but he's still a young player and i'll give him i'll kind of i'll kind of you know let the leash out a little bit on that but i'm liking what i'm seeing of his game like he's he's still young everyone remember he's still 18 years old yes he's a first overall pick but he's still 18 he's still learning this game yeah and uh slovakia today uh, announced their final roster for the world juniors he is not on it I'm not surprised considering the way he has been playing and uh, what he needs for his development, because going back to the world juniors, I mean, what's he going to learn? You'll play four games at most with Slovakia. Cause I don't see them being a real gold medal threat. No. So he'll play four games in a month. Yeah. You know, it, it's not to mention he is like you mentioned earlier, he's going to be the big boy on the ice again. And he's not going to learn that aspect of the game that we've all seen that he needs is to learn to keep your head up, start to make plays, play at an NHL pace. You don't learn that at the world juniors. Right. So I'm I'm glad that he is getting more ice time. He was over 13 minutes in this game. He got power play time. Uh, He was playing with um, some offensive minded players at different points through the game. And he he's learning how to generate that offense through his one-on-one battles, winning his battles along the boards and learning how to take the puck and cut towards the net in the offensive zone. Defensively, he's got some work to do still, but those points that I mentioned offensively bode very well for him, especially going forward. Yeah. I agree. Um, now I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at the ice time and Jack, I didn't get a lot. <laughs> he really did. He was just under 14 minutes. This seems to me as if it's <clears throat> St. Louis managing the roster in preparation for a two, two games and two nights. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. But at the same time, they both took like they both took shitty penalties. That pairing both took shitty penalties. True. Right. True. Um Jack I took one where he just kind of headlocked the guy and it led to a call. And then Weidman, you can say that he tripped Batherson. I think Batherson went down a little bit too easy, but again, but that that pairing each took a penalty. It's almost like they were doing a memorial for Stutzel. Yeah. yeah. In their own. Yeah. Going down easy. Yeah. In their own. And that's a oh, fuck. That's the thing. You get that many power plays and Stutzel wasn't even playing. <laughs> Imagine right. if he was. Speaking of going down, uh, Jack Eye giving uh, Kachuk a tiny little shove in front of the net <laughs> and he went down like he was shot. Yeah. It's clear to me that Jack is being targeted. He's being, he's being singled out. And they're trying to goad him. And Kachuk is a he he's he's one of the best in the league for that kind of that aspect of the game. Yeah. He can go just about anybody. And you can tell that that was his goal. And he went down easy trying to get that call. And I mean, as much as everybody else hates seeing that, I can't name one Habs fan that would say, you know what, I don't want that guy. Everybody wants him. Yeah. But that's still a pussy play. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and it would it would be it, it's horrible because it was done against the Canadians, but had they been done for the Canadians, hey. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that Jack guy's being uh, singled out or and targeted in that manner shows that he's building that reputation and that he could he's going to become an even more important piece for the Canadians. I mean, uh, even uh, Chris Nyland on the Raw Knuckles podcast the last couple of shows has pointed out that just his mere presence and the fact that they, if the team knows that he will stand up for them, they can play a little bit bigger. Right. That intimidation factor does still exist in the NHL and he brings it. Yeah. Now, what kind of aspects do do they really need that against Anaheim tomorrow night? I don't think so. I wouldn't say but, so. I wouldn't say so, but it would st- it's still a good it's still an it's still a good to have. Yeah. Right? It's still a good uh, to have. Uh, um you know, they they still have some guys that'll um that'll 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 drop the gloves like uh what Bolia plays for them now. Bolio really honestly like not the biggest guy in the world but he'll drop the gloves with anybody and he, he's kind of turned into that kind of player uh they still got yep. max jones max jones is a is a is a pretty thick boy and then uh, you got uh uh Sima benoit as well right that'll do the same thing so I, I i don't think they're gonna have that issue but coming off a seven nothing loss and being yeah, they got like, their asses handed right, to them. but coming off a seven nothing loss, your goals for is second worst in the league, and your goals against is the worst in the league. And you're literally at the bottom of the league. Literally at the bottom of the league. And you're coming off, you're you're going against a team that just played the night before. If I'm Anaheim, I'm coming out flying as fast as I can. So we'll see. We'll see what. No pun intended. Yeah. We'll. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. But at the same time, if I'm the Canadians, I use this as a uh, as one of those feel good games. You come out flying and you 
beat the piss out of the worst team in the league and take every well, yeah that's the thing again right um, and, then, and then all of a sudden you go into saturday's game i don't even know who they're playing tampa maybe i think it is yeah right i'd I have to look but um, yeah right but you're looking you're you're going into saturday's game and you're you're on a you're you're back on a winning track no, I'm looking at the the Anaheim Ducks. I know, and I know they're the 32nd place team, but that's a trap game. Yeah, they're already in Montreal. Yeah. They've had the night off, and they've had a night to kind of let it digest and lick their wounds after that huge loss against Toronto. Not to mention they got shut out the game before against Ottawa. So yeah. they've given up 10 or 11 goals in in the two games. Haven't scored any. And the Canadians played the night before. Right. So this is I would chance. fully, yeah, this is, it's the opening. That's why it's a trap game for Montreal. I can, you got Strom playing, you got Zegris, who's going to be playing against his former uh, Team USA teammate and uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, Maxime Contois returning home. Mason McTavish. They've got really good players but they're, they're in that rebuild. Yes. What I'm going to be very interested to see is how John Klingberg plays. Yeah. Cause he's going to be front and center and you know, with him on that one year deal, he was signed solely to be traded. Yeah. So yeah. he's out East. He's playing in probably the largest stage on the East coast in the NHL. There'll be a ton of scouts if he puts in a really solid effort that could help Anaheim in moving him. Right. Um, but overall I'm expecting tomorrow night's game against Anaheim as we record it's tomorrow night. Uh, when this show comes out, it'll be tonight, <laughs> but uh, I'm expecting an entertaining high paced game between these two teams. Yeah. After uh, I think I think Gibson played the other night when he was when he was kind of lit up by Toronto. I think it was Gibson that played. Um, so I'm not gonna assume, but I'm gonna say probably you're gonna see Stolers, who's their backup. So it he might did get an, hurt a bit, right? But it might be an opportunity for the Canadians. It really, it really can be. Get it, like the guys that have been snake bitten. Take advantage of a low scoring team take advantage of one of the worst teams in the league and don't be that team that allows the worst team in the league <laughs> to get the upper hand. Right. If I'm, if I'm a Jake Evans, if I'm a, a, a Yoel Armia, if I'm one of these guys, I'm circling this game. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is the game I'm potting one. I'm throwing that damn monkey off my back and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be better sailing moving forward. Not to mention, you're looking at Slavkovsky's probably going to be paired up against uh, Mason McTavish's line. So he's yep. got uh, Contois and Leeson on his line. So those are the size of more contempt. They're a big line, but they're more yeah. contemporaries for Slavkovsky. They're closer right. to his age. Right. Uh, and they play a style that fits him. So this could be a, a good game for him to kind of show. And not to mention, it'd be a good game for him to get some more ice time because he only right. played 13 minutes. Yep. And in a back-to-back situation, he could probably pick up a few more minutes and take some some of the burden off 
guys like Caulfield and Suzuki and, you know, the, it's, the more or the heavier ice time players, right. Maybe give them a better role, more power play time. If they ever get a power play, right. Cause if Chris Lee's roughing, forget it. <laughs> They'll be shorthanded the whole game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Um, so I don't know. Let's, uh, I'm going to do a fun thing. I'll, I'll make a prediction. I'm predicting uh, a high scoring game, a ton of back and forth. So a uh, five, four, four, three type of game, but more, I, I think five, four. And I think the Canadians do pull it out. I'm going to say they're going to pull it out, but they're not going to let up as many goals. I think, I think Allen's going to come in. I think he's going to be dialed in. I think the team's going to rally around him and they're going to want to uh, say, you know, we got the, we got the short end of the stick against the Sens. Let's go put up a good effort uh, before we really take on a, uh, a, you know, a a contender in, in, uh, in the Tampa Bay lightning on Saturday, which I've now looked up and they are playing on, they are playing on Saturday. Uh, but, but yeah, I would, I, I'll throw a prediction out there too. And I'll, I'll even stick with five, but I'll say five, one. Okay. Now I'm going to do an over under here. Over under on how many times Zegris tries the Michigan. Oh fuck. I'm tired of that fucking thing. Oh, is it more than more than two? Oh, he'll probably try two? it a dozen times and like, it'll be all over fucking social media. Hey, like, you know what? Like, good on the Michigan and good on some of these plays and everything. I I gotta say, I'm fucking tired of seeing it every time. Like, yes, it's 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 a nice goal, but I don't give a hell. I I I I'm sorry, but I don't give a fuck. And I sort of swore like nine times now. But like if some kid in like double A in Saskatchewan play pulls off the Michigan, I don't need to see it on TSN the next morning. Good for the kid, but I don't. I don't need to see it. It's become a uh, standard offensive play now. It has. It has. It's. 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 It's an over. It's like you used to see it every now and then, and it was like, oh, well, that's that was cool. That was pretty. That was pretty awesome. Now it's like every everybody's doing, it. and you're like, okay, I, I did I need to see that? Today? I don't think so. Right? Well, I do I, expect Zegers to. Maybe create some offense in a oh, very a, unorthodox a, way. Yeah, the guy's an incredible uh, playmaker. He's 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 very yeah. gifted with the puck, and the things that he can do with the sticker are, are unbelievable. But you know, like I'm not I'm not trying to sound like Tortorella or anything, but it's I don't need to see it every game, or I don't need to see I don't need to see it so widely broadcasted. Let's just say that. If he gives it a shot, and I'll say if, because we all know he's going to do it, who feeds him a shot in the face? Is it going to be Jack Guy or is it going to be Edmondson? I don't know. It'll be, I think it'll be whoever's out there, and hopefully they just drop their shoulder into him. But, <laughs> but you know what? Like, as I said, like, I don't want to be that guy. Like I love to see skilled hockey, and there's a lot of skill in the league, and these skilled players um, – they have us they have us a, a place in the league absolutely at the same time some of these guys get a little bit too much space and yeah. players feel oh 
fucking this guy's got the puck so i'll give him the space to be able to dangle around me and then i'll be then i'll be on sports center the next morning because the guy just walked around me right instead of just being like i'm gonna treat this guy like any other player and you know use my body or my stick to disrupt a play well with guys like that you really have to mark them closer oh absolutely and to discourage skilled players from pulling off high skill plays, especially high high danger plays like that, you you got you got a tighter gap and, and be very physical with them. So that that's my expectation for whatever plan defensively the Canadians have is to mark Zegris heavily. I said, I don't want Zinkers to get hurt. I'm not saying. No, no, no. <laughs> right? He's a very good player. He's a very skilled player. But again, when it comes to that yeah. move in particular, I am personally tired of seeing it <laughs> every time yeah. I watch, every time I put sport, a sports channel on, right? Now, with the with that defensive plan in mind, where they're going to be marking Zegris, I think that is going to open up opportunities for McTavish to really shine. He showed what he can do in the world juniors last year. He is a high skill player as well. He's more of a, a traditional skill player with more of a power type center. So that, that fits well in games against the Canadians. So I, I, I'm expecting to see some fun things from him too, but at the same time, Dvorak's been playing well recently. We mentioned Doc earlier. Suzuki is consistently excellent. It's it's almost as if he's a sustainable star. You think? Yep. Superior <laughs> propane style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it uh, that I was going to bring up in the show. Do you have any any final thoughts? Um. Oliver Kapanen was named to Team Finland today. Another uh, another addition to the junior team. So for our, our listeners out there, go out there, check out the rosters. You're going to see a lot of Canadians prospects on there. Uh, unfortunately, I know you guys talked about this in your last show, uh, but you know, unfortunately, you know, Kidney was hurt, uh, couldn't really have a showing that he wanted to. Didn't make the roster. Beck, you're going against guys like. Fantilli and Stan Coven and Wright and all the, the etc. Um he had a he had a chance, but it was one of those outside looking in things. Um, but be be excited for the guys that did make it. Be excited for the guys that made it from different countries and make sure you watch them during the juniors because it's gonna it's honestly it's some of the best hockey you're gonna watch. I know I'll be there to see it. But honestly, it's 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 some of the best hockey you're going to watch throughout the year. Will you be home during Christmas and go to Moncton, watch games there? If I can make it to a game, I will. I don't know what my schedule is going to look like when I'm home, but uh, I'd like to see the U.S. play. I think they play. I think they're in Finland's group. Yes. So that would probably they're be in the, yeah. That would probably be the big the big matchup in that group. Because yeah. Sweden's in Canada's group in Halifax, right? So. Yeah, so that would probably be the big game to watch. So we'll see. Yeah, and uh, good news is I left Moncton as I <laughs> as I found it. Uh, I did not burn anything. Everything's yeah. fine after being there last weekend. So all right, good news for you guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and for me, I just want to uh, thank everybody for listening. Thank you guys for interacting with us. Please keep the emails and the comments coming. Email us at tabsunfilteredoutlook.com. Uh, find us on any social media platform. We're, we're on all the new stuff now, Mastodon and The Post. and You can find us just about everywhere. So just keep sending us some comments. If you... If you have suggestions, you got ideas, uh, you just want to chirp treg for, I don't know, having the wrong types of tattoos, eh, throw it in there. But I really want to thank everyone for uh, for listening and for making us one of the, uh, well, for helping us grow the show as much as it has in the last year. So thank you. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.